good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Before we get into the word today, why don't you just one more time begin to celebrate who God is to you today. These words of a song are beautiful, but I believe that he's given you your own words and your own song that you can sing for what he's done in your life, for what he's done in your health, for what he's done in your marriage, for what he's done in your life. Why don't you just begin to sing praise to him? Thank you, God, for the health that's in my body today. I thank you, God, when the doctor said it could have been one way, it turned out another way because you are in charge of all things. You see all things. God, when it looked like I didn't have money to pay my bills, God, you were there and you provided in the wilderness because that's the God that you are. Jesus, we worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. Oh, what a privilege we have as the people of God to come into this house today. You know, we use that word a lot in in, in church circles. We say, come into the house. And people are like, what do you mean? Well, we say house, and, and oftentimes we just refer to the church building. We call it a house. And here we are in 2021, and we say house, and it means a whole new thing because you are watching in your house. And so maybe today it... It it connects that. We welcome the Spirit of God into the house today. And that house for you is different than where it is for me today. But we all feel that one Spirit unifying us and bringing us together and, and encouraging us and building one another up. And it is such a privilege to be able to still worship together. I thought... Uh, Go ahead in the comments. I've got the Facebook stream up here, so go ahead in the comments and preach with me today. But just go in the comments. If you've been enjoying First Word, um, just let let, let me know in the comments that you've been enjoying First Word. I I think that First Word is is eventually just going to turn into the Word uh, because these these, uh, great, gifted, talented men and women of God have been bringing a snippet But I believe that God has so much more that he wants to pull out of them and speak to this church. You know, it's not just uh, Pastor Steve and Pastor Jonathan that hear from God and, and, and hear from God for this church. And so, yes, we have our pastor that we submit to, but there are great men and great women who are coming up underneath of our great leadership here. And they are just giving us such great word. Every week, and, 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 and Sister Shauna last week, uh, she, she talked about how God could just change the situation right now in an instant. And we could all be back in these doors, but for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. And I believe that in this time, God is teaching us something. He is showing us something that even though we're separate and apart, we can still cling on to Him more than ever before. And Luke, today, you just you just hit it out of the park. What are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? And and as I speak today, my message today is a little different than maybe some of the messages that we often hear here at Life Church. Um, But I feel like you tied in very well with where I'm going to go today um, as I continue in our series that we've been in called First Things First. And you know what, just for fun in the comments, why don't you go ahead and let me know what's the first thing that you want to do when this lockdown's over? 
What's the first thing? Go ahead in the comments and just let me know what it is you would do, the first thing that you would do when this lockdown's over. I see Kyla Hannington says travel. Some people are looking forward to traveling, getting out of their, their city or getting out of their bubble. Kyla says go to Greece. She's supposed to be in Greece, I think, even right now already um, as a, as a uh, help to the missionaries in Greece, but COVID has changed that plans. I know for me, I think I'm, I'm ready to get a haircut. Uh, because my long flowing locks, as good as they look, uh, they get a little difficult to manage uh, with, this, uh, with this lockdown, not being able to get a haircut. Uh, Julie says, see my family. How many want to see their family? How many want to get out and, and, and go and, and have a family get-together or a family dinner? I know I have a, a, a relatively new uh, baby to our family, and so many uh, of our, our, our milestone moments have been through Zoom and through online chats because of what's going on. I see travel a lot. Lewis is ready to hop on a plane. Cecile wants to travel. Shauna wants to travel. Justin says haircut, yes. So we all are desiring to do something. To, to, to get out and, and, and to do something. And, and as we've been in this series, we've been talking about first things first. And Luke, you, you just said it so well. What are you pursuing? And may I say first. What do you pursue first? God has a lot to say in his word about him being first and us honoring him first. He must always be first in our lives. The first always belongs to God. The first principle is is all throughout the Bible. We can look in the Old Testament or the New Testament and we can see that the first principle that we've been talking about is all throughout the Bible. God desires to be the first of our day. He desires to be the first of our time. He desires to be first in our finances. And when we understand and live with the first principle. It promises us as believers and children of God great, great blessings. The benefits of putting God first are simply incredible. You cannot uh, enumerate how many blessings there are to putting God first in your life. And one of the cornerstone scriptures that we've been looking at over the last couple weeks is found in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33. And this kind of encompasses what we've been talking about. Verse 31 of Matthew 6 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? It's it's talking about those physical things that we worry about. What what are we going to eat this week? What are we going to do this week? What are we going to have and provide for ourselves But verse 32 says, for after all these things that the Gentiles seek, you and I, we seek after these things in the natural. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Before you even know what you need, God already sees it. You you wake up some days and say, God, do you even even know how much I need this one thing? Or do you even know how much I need that raise or that promotion? Or I need uh, that, that miracle in my health? Or I need that relationship breakthrough? The word says your heavenly father knows already that you need these things. And so in verse 33, but seek first. If you're at home today, say it in your home. Seek first. Put it in the chat. Seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. What things? The things that you need, the things that you think about, the things that you're worried about, the things that you seek after shall be added unto you. And here's the the key principle that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. It'll, It'll come up on your screen. Make God first in every part of our lives. Make God first in every part. You say every part? Yes, every part. Whether it be what you do in the morning, and Pastor gave us a challenge to make God the first part of our day. And I'll tell you that I've been trying my best to do that. I've been trying. My, my work day starts at 7 o'clock. I, I, I clock in at work at 7 o'clock. And I've been trying my best to get my Bible reading done before 7 a.m. Now, am I perfect at that? No, I'm not. There's some days where uh, I wake up and, and, and the baby's crying and I have to put her back to sleep before I can go to work. And it's the end of the day and I'm reading my Bible. But I'm trying to make the effort to say, God, I am going to put you first in my day. And so he, he, he gave us that challenge, and the, the, the Word of God says, make God first in every part of our day. It's the principle of first. And this principle, it, it encompasses three things that we've been looking at. Well, two things so far, and I'm going to bring you the third today. Week one, we looked at uh, the firstborn pastor did a great job of speaking about the firstborn. And in, in the, the Old Testament, we would see how the firstborn of the animals, it could be a clean animal or it could be an unclean animal. And, and back in the Old Testament, they had all sorts of, of, of laws and, and, and regulations as to what was a clean animal and what was an unclean animal. But, but God said, your firstborn, it belongs to me. It must be sacrificed or it must be redeemed. And if you had a clean animal, uh, you could sacrifice it. And if you had an unclean animal, you could redeem that animal with a clean animal. And in and, and week one, we, we painted this picture. And here at Life Church, we obviously don't offer up our firstborn in, in the way that they would in the Old Testament. Um, um, but, but what was being painted in week one was the principle of the firstborn. And the principle is that what I give to God I don't actually lose. What I sacrifice as my first thing to God, I don't actually lose because God redeems the rest. And he painted this beautiful picture of Jesus was really our redeemer. And how we being unclean, God gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We were unclean, but God gave and sacrificed Jesus on a cross. But it wasn't for nothing. We didn't lose when Jesus went into the tomb because God redeemed us. He redeemed the rest. Yes, there was loss when that body went into the tomb, but what you give first, God will redeem after. And so we learned the principle in week one is what I give might seem like a sacrifice, but what God does with it is he can redeem it. In week two, we looked at first fruits. The first fruits must be brought to God, and God blesses the rest. And, and, and week two, and what I'm going to talk about today, really do tie together. The first fruits were the first of your increase 
And Pastor did a great job of talking about our increase. And in the Old Testament, their increase was crops. It was, it was uh, grains. It was things of that nature because they didn't have the currency systems that we do today. And, and so it might have looked a little different in the Old Testament. But the, the, the principle of the Old Testament is that the first fruits of the crops, the first fruits of the grains, the first fruits of their increase were reserved for God. To honor God, to make sacrifices to God where they would, where they would sacrifice an animal or they would sacrifice a, a, a grain offering unto God. And again, today we don't, we don't partake in those sacrifices because Jesus has replaced that sacrificial system for us. But the principle stands that the first fruit of our increase belongs to God. And today I'm going to... Uh, segue out of first fruits and into what we're going to call today the first tenth or the tithe belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God and the tithe must be first. Now, as I said, this is probably not going to be a message like we preach every week here at Life Church because in all honesty, this message is a little bit selective. Because this message doesn't apply to you today if it's the first time you clicked on to our live stream YouTube page or our Facebook page. And this isn't your church and Pastor Steve isn't your pastor. This message doesn't really apply to you. Because what we're talking about today is a principle of giving which applies to God's church. Not to just everybody out there driving by on the QEW who doesn't know God. This is something that, that applies to somebody who calls themselves a Christian, who submits themselves to a pastor and into a church, we are called to bring forth what the Bible describes as the tithe. And so if you're here today, it's your first time joining us. Don't feel like I'm preaching directly to you today because we're going to talk about money. And when you talk about money at church, there's so many different opinions on how or if the church should talk about money. And I don't want you to check out today if it's your first time here thinking that I'm trying to get your money, because I'm not. The most important thing for you today, if you're new here today, is that you put Jesus first. The first thing that you need to do is discover who Jesus is for you. That is the first priority for your life, is discover what he has done for you on the cross. Discover that he went into a tomb for you and he rose again so that you could identify. And today, Ryan, we're going to have a baptism and you're making that decision to identify with his death and his burial. And that is the most important thing for you today. So don't get off of our stream and, and, and go pull up another church that's preaching about something a little bit more uh, fun than money. But we are going to talk about money today. And you know what? Matthew, Matthew 6 and 21, why is this important? Matthew 6 and 21 tells us something in the word of God. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, what is your treasure? Well, for us today, treasure is marked in, in, in most oftentimes with value of money. Where do you put your money? Luke, you said it. What are you pursuing with your money? Some of you maybe uh, before the stream started today, you went out and got your Starbucks latte. And I can tell by where you put your treasure, where your heart is. You like your nice venti Double hot, skinny, chai, latte, lots of water, little water. I, I can tell by where you put your treasure where your heart's at. 
And it's so true that where your treasure is, it doesn't say where your heart is. That's where your treasure's at. Because a lot of us, we have a heart for God. But it says where your treasure is. That is where your heart is. And so the Bible does talk a lot about money for children and believers of God. And so today we're going to talk about the tithe. And if you haven't heard about the tithe or know what the tithe is, I hope to unpack that a little bit for you here today. We're going to look at a scripture that we've looked at in this series found in Malachi. Malachi, an Old Testament book, uh, chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. Starts out in verse 10 and says, Bring all the tithe into your storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of of hosts. We're going to come back and unpack those couple verses as we go, but I want to jump down to Leviticus 27 and 30. Leviticus 27 and 30. And all the tithe, say the tithe. Tithe means a tenth. It's an Old Testament word for a tenth. And all the tenth of the land. And again, remember this was their income. This is how the Old Testament Israelites would, would, would uh, basically survive. It was, it was like a big game of Catan. Well, my, my board game people, you, you were trading. You were trading your wheat and you were trading your animals, your livestock. It was like you guys play that board game Pit where everybody's like slamming the table and passing cards around. They're trading wheat and they're trading barley. This is their income. This was their increase. All the tithe of the land, their animals, their grains, whether it be seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So that tenth, who who does it belong to? It says it is the Lord's. So the tenth of your increase, the word of God says, belongs to the Lord. It is the Lord's. And it says it is holy to the Lord. Well, well, what does holy mean? Something that was holy in the Bible was something that was set apart. Something that was holy was consecrated for God and God alone. If it was a holy vessel uh, that, was, that was used in the sacrifice, sacrificial process in the t- tabernacle, that same vessel wouldn't be used to, to, to clean their houses and to clean other areas, but that vessel, that jar was holy unto the Lord. It was set apart for a specific purpose. So it says the tie, the tenth of their income, their land, their seed, the fruit, they're animals. It belongs to the Lord, and it is to be set apart, to be holy unto the Lord. Proverbs 3 and 9. One more verse of Scripture before you, before we unpack a little bit about this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I told you we we're going to segue off of pastor speaking last week because the principle of first, uh, first fruits and the tithe are really linked together. Honor the Lord with your first 
fruits of all your increase. Again, it's the principle of making God first in everything that we do. So in the Old Testament, we realize that the tithe, it was a tenth of their increase. It was a tenth of, of, of their, 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 their income, per se. It belonged to God. God said, it is mine. And we are to make it first, fruits unto God. It's holy. It's set apart. It's not for my own use, but it's holy unto God. The tithe is to be our first fruits, not our leftover fruits. God demands a tenth because really he owns it. The word says that the tithe belongs to God. And so the tithe, God demands the first of our tenth because he owns it. And God does not want to be second place in your life today. So the tithe, it's a tenth. It's a tenth of your increase. It's a tenth of your income. It's a tenth of what God blesses you with and puts and flows through you. It's bringing that back to God, the thing that he gave you, the thing that belongs to him. It's bringing it back as your first fruits. And as I said, if you're new here today, I'm not talking to you. I don't want you to bring me your tithe today. I want you to seek first God and find him in your life. And then when you get to the place where you identify yourself as his child, then we move to the principles of first in his word. And so today, don't Don't just tune me out because I'm talking about money, but understand God desires to know you before anything. He desires for you to come to him. And so it's the first. When you get paid, Pastor Pastor talked about this last week with, with increase. The first money that you spend is your first fruits. The first money that you spend when you get paid is your first fruits. Luke, what are you pursuing with your first fruits? Do you honor God with what is his, the tenth? Or do you, do you act out of a place of, of, of logical sense, if, if I'm honest, where we pay our bills, we pay, we pay our mortgage, we pay our, our car loans, our credit cards, and then at the end of the end of everything that we need to do, we look and say, okay, I've got to, I've got to pay my tithes. I've got to pay this tithe. And maybe that's the, that's the problem. I've got to pay this tithe. I've got to pay this tithe. The Lord just said that to me. The way you said that, I've got to pay this tithe. Maybe he's trying to say something. I get to pay this tithe is maybe a better way of saying that. I get to give back to God this tenth because he allowed me to receive it in the first place. And it doesn't belong to me, so I am blessed to be able to give it back. So if we're honest, and and I'm preaching to myself today, I think I'm preaching to everybody who's been in, in church for a long time. We sometimes think out of a logical point of view where we will pay all of our other debts first, and we'll see if we have enough left for the tithe. But understand today that tithing is a faith based principle. It is a principle that is rooted in faith. The principle is this. You first have to give 
before you see the increase. You first have to give before you see the miraculous unfold in your finances, in your relationships, in your health. You first have to give and trust God. You look in the Bible, think of, think of these stories. We don't have time to, to put the scriptures on the screen, but think of Abraham. Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, God said, you would be the father of many nations. But before he became the father of many nations, he first took Isaac and he bound him on an altar and was ready to sacrifice that, that son to God. And it was a faith, it was a testing of his faith. God never intended for him to go through with this. But he was testing Abraham to see, would you be willing to give of your first fruits? Now, he was the firstborn to him by Sarah. So I'm going to call him, it was his first fruits that he was bringing forth. And God stepped in and said, Abraham, don't touch the child. I've seen your faith. And we now call him Father Abraham had many sons and many We call him the father of many nations. The father. Before he saw the promises of God unfolded, he gave. He was willing to step in faith and give the one thing that he had. We see in, in, in 1 Kings 17, and if you want to go home and read the story later, you can. It's found in 1 Kings 17. The story of the widow at Zarephath, where there was this widow lady and she lived with her son and she didn't have a whole lot. The Bible said she had just enough uh, staples in her cupboard to make a, a loaf of bread for her and her son. And all of a sudden, Elijah, the prophet, comes into town. Here's the man of God wanting something from the people. And he says, make me a, a loaf of bread. And she responds and says, prophet. I, I, don't, I only have enough for me and my son, and then we'll eat it, and surely we'll probably die because we don't have anything left. And the prophet says, take your staples, make me a loaf of bread. First, before you consume for yourself, woo, before you consume for yourself, honor me by making me a loaf of bread. And it was a, a test of her faith. Because I don't know about you, I've never been in a scenario where I've looked in my cupboards and they have been bare. So, so maybe I can't relate with her 100%. But she's looking at a situation where uh, she, she doesn't know how she can do this. And so she has faith and she, she honors the prophet of God and she bakes him that, that cake or that loaf. And the Lord miraculously provided every day for her fresh supplies in her cupboard. Fresh supplies in her cupboard. Because the principle of tithing is rooted in faith that we have to give before we see the increase. Think of the little boy with the five loaves and the two fish. Many of you could probably think of that story where the multitude is gathered and, and there isn't enough to feed them with. But the little boy who has five loaves of bread and two fish, before the miracle would happen, that loaf of bread and that fish had to be placed into the hands of the master, who would then take it and multiply it and multiply it and multiply it and multiply it. But before it ever happened, they had to give based on faith. 
And when we pay all of our other dues and we pay all of our other debts and we see at the end of the week or at the end of the month, if we have enough left to give to God, it's not giving out of the faith-based principle that God desires us to give out of. God desires the tithe to be our first fruits. So why tithe? Jonathan, tell me today, why should I tithe? This sounds so foreign to me. I've never been a part of anything like this. Why should I tithe? Well, let's just look. Uh, I think this would be enough. We, we can talk about the blessings. We can talk about how God will do miraculous things based on giving out of faith. But let's just, let's just make it really plain. Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9. Malachi 3, verses 8 and 9. Will a man... Rob God, question mark. Now, I don't know about you. I've never robbed anybody, at least after the age of 13, probably. (laughs) If I robbed you as a young child, I apologize. Um, But if I were to rob somebody, now now God would be a good one to rob because he has an abundance of things. He's, he's limited by no thing. But God is not the person I would want to rob. I've just, I, he's, just, he's just not the person that I would want to stand one day and look at him in the face and say, yeah, I robbed you. It's just not something I want to do. But Malachi in the Old Testament says, will a man rob God? Question mark. And you say, well, that's preposterous. Nobody here in their right mind would rob God. Why would we ever want to say that I would rob God? But what does it say? You have robbed me. In what way? How could I possibly rob God? How could I possibly take something from God? He's the creator. He is the, the, the omnipotent one. How could I? He's the unseen God. How could I rob God? And the writer says it's simple. In tithes and offerings. Because remember, the tithe belongs to God. It belongs to the Lord's. It is to be holy, set apart for his purpose. And so, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me in, my, in your tithes and in your offerings. In verse 9, it says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. That's pretty heavy. It's, it's a pretty heavy idea that to rob God is something as easy as in your giving. And for his response to be, well, what happens when you rob God? Well, you, you, you have put a curse upon yourself. And you say, well, this is an Old Testament book. This is Old Testament stuff that you're talking about. Well, the Old Testament also says this about God, Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord, and I do not change. I do not change. Now, you just said at the start of your message, we no longer give sacrifices and we're not requiring you to, to bring your grains and to bring. Yeah, I, I understand. There are things in the word of God that change. Not, not the, the, the word itself, but there are, are, are certain dispensations that change and there are certain uh, covenants that change and there are certain things and aspects of our relationship with God that change. But there are principles about God that do not change. 
You say, well, well, that's Old Testament. They talked a lot about tithing. I, I, I don't see too much in the New Testament about tithing. And, and so I, I think that's an old... Well, do we still honor the Ten Commandments? Well, yeah, I would say that we should not murder. We should not commit adultery because those are principles that do not change. There are certain principles that God has given us that do not change. Yes, we don't have to, to bring our sacrifice and our grains and, and, and the, the way that certain traditions and certain things have changed have happened, but there are principles in God's word that don't change. And the principle of first, I would argue with you today, whether it be our first uh, fruits or our tithe or the principle of our firstborn where, where we give but it's returned back to us, the principle of first does not change. As a matter of fact, and there is tithing in the New Testament. I'll share with you a scripture that, that we've looked at before. Matthew 23, 23. I think, Pastor, you even used this last week, possibly. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint. I can never say that word. Anise and cumin. And have neglected the weightier matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faith. These you have ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Jesus is, he's, he's affirming the tithe here. He's talking to these teachers and religious leaders, uh, and he's saying, you, you are so concerned about the tithe that you pay tithes on every little uh, bud of your mint leaf tree. You know, when, when ten little leaves sprout off, you take one off and you tithe it. That's how particular they were about the tithe, but they were neglecting other areas of, 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 the, of justice and mercy and faith. And so a lot of times in the New Testament, we see instruction and clarity brought in around the tithe. You, you, you don't see it as much in the New Testament, command ye the people to tithe. But what I believe, and this is just me, but I don't think we had to have the command to tithe in the New Testament as clearly as the Old Testament because people understood the principle of first. They understood the principle of first. And so most times in the New Testament when you see teaching or, or, or speaking about tithes, it's bringing clarity to their under, already found understanding of, of the principle of tithing. But that aside, the New Testament usually makes the Old Testament things look easy. Because in the Old Testament, they said, don't commit adultery. And you know, in the Old Testament, that was pretty easy. You just didn't go and sleep with somebody you shouldn't sleep with, and you didn't commit adultery. It's, it's pretty black and white. Get to the New Testament, and the Bible tells us, if you've even thought about somebody in a way that is inappropriate, you've committed adultery with them. And so the New Testament oftentimes is a stricter way to follow than the Old Testament. And, and, and I see this with giving in the New Testament. And this is why I say, well, why don't you see more about, speak about tithing in the New Testament? Well, they understood the principle of the tithe. They understood it. The way that the words of the scripture are written, they understood the principle of the tithe. But what I love about the disciples and about the apostolic church they didn't have to talk about the tithe because they gave so much more than the tithe. Just like the law required, uh, we talked about adultery. It was so much more strict uh, for somebody in the New Testament. People were required to give out of grace and out of abundance. And so they paid their tithe, but they would, 
The Bible says that they sold everything that they had. They shared all things in common, and they funded the work and the ministry of the church. And so in the New Testament, they gave so far beyond just that bare minimum requirement of 10%. The law requires the bare minimum. Don't kill somebody. Don't commit adultery. But the New Testament was all about the heart. What you do in here, and some of us, We can give 10% and we say, well, what do I have to give? What do I have to give just to get back to net zero with God? But God wants you to give from the heart. He desires a church that's willing to not ask the percentage level of my giving. God, I'm going to honor you with what's yours, but what can I give out of my abundance? What can I give out of my heart? So some truths in God's word are eternal principles. Whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, the principle of first stands. Your money, your increase can be holy, it can be consecrated, or it can be cursed. That's what it says. Consecrated or cursed. Well, you say, well, I haven't tithed before and You're telling me my money's cursed? Like, I'm doing pretty good. I drive a relatively new car, and I've got a place to live. And Well, perhaps you're so used to living with cursed money, you don't know what blessed money could be. You don't know what blessed life could be. You see, I think in our our North American culture, we've gotten so complacent sometimes with what living in a cursed position looks like. And I'm not talking about, you know, cursed into internal damnation. I'm just talking about your finances are not blessed in the way that God wants them to be blessed. Your increase is not blessed in the way it could be blessed. And so perhaps you're just so used to what life looks like that you've, you've lost hope to believe for more. You've lost hope to believe for more. And I would rather have 90% of God's redeemed and blessed increase than 100% cursed. I would rather live off of a 90% blessing than 100% cursing in my increase. Well, for, for those of you today that this is really new, I've never done this before. I know there's a lot of you on the live cast today that tithing is a principle you followed but I know there's people who are new to to, to our church and I want to just make this clear for you uh, what you want to know what you're giving to what's the tithe for what, where does it go I go to that devastation or I go online and I pay my tithe what does it do well we read it already Malachi 10 bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And, and it's capital my. So that's talking about God's house. So when you pay your tithe, where does it go? What does it do? Well, the biblical principle of the tithe is that the house of the Lord may be full. And when we say full, we talk about supporting the man and women of God that God has put in our church. In this day, back when the Old Testament was written, they would bring in their grains, the tenth of their grain, the tenth of their animals. And it was literally so that the man of God could be fed. 
He wouldn't have to worry about where his food was going to come from. He wouldn't have to worry about where his, his livestock was going to come from. He, he had a tenth of the increase. And this is the design of the tithe, is so that the storehouse, God's house, his church, the men and women of God that lead his church, don't have to worry about where their financial support comes from. So yes, your tithe. Guess what? Newsflash, we pay our pastor. He has a salary here at Life Church. And if you have a problem with your tithe going to support the salary of a man of God, you don't have a problem with the church. You don't have a problem with Christians. You don't have a problem with any of that. You have a problem with God. Because God has set up the church so that the tithe will support the man of God. We don't need a pastor who has to go out and pick up a part-time job and pick up a secondary way of employment so that he can feed his family. We need a pastor and a team of people who can feed and shepherd the flock and they can worry about doing the work of the Lord. Amen? This is why I'm preaching this message today and pastor's not preaching this message today. And, and, and that's not the only place where your tithe goes. Your tithe goes to keep our lights on in this building, right? We live in, in one of the most expensive areas in Canada, and we, have, we haven't had it appraised recently, but this facility would probably sell for multiple millions of dollars. We have, a, we have a, a mortgage, and we're almost done paying it off. And you know why? Because people have tithed consistently over the past 20 years that we've been in this building. I remember when I was probably 13 or 14, and we bought this building, and it was a shell. It was a shell of walls. And, and you look, and we'll say, well, somebody did a good job building it. Well, who built probably 90% of it were people of this church who said, you know what? I'm going to give of my first fruits. I'm going to give of my first increase. I'm going to work a full-time job. And at the end of the day, I'm going to show up in this building and I'm going to hang some drywall and I'm going to do all the things that we can do here. I'm going to give money. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to go beyond the tithe and I'm going to help build this place. And I remember my dad and, and people who are on this call, I can think of Mark Hannington comes to mind right away. And I'm sure there's some more of you on the call who, for, for I don't even know how long, I was so young, but probably felt like years. Probably for about two years, their life was dedicated to building the inside of this building. That is giving of your first fruits. Brother Sheldon says, amen, that's right. I'm sure, Sheldon, you were here and you were working in this building doing what you could. So this, this didn't just show up. That's where the tithe comes in. We support the, the operation of this room. In the past year, we've probably spent close to $10,000 in upgrades to our AV and our video system that you're seeing us on today. You say, well, I don't know if I want to pay tithes because I, I, I don't know if I think all that media stuff is necessary. You got these fancy lights. I don't even like that color. Well, let me just tell you something. And I, I don't want to point people out in the room today. We have a couple guests in the room today. Last week, you saw Jennifer get baptized. Today, Ryan, I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, but after service, uh, I hope to get a chance to chat with you before you head out. Jennifer came to our church, from, from my understanding, based on seeing us online. We have 
last week and this week, two people who will be baptized in Jesus' name because we were able to get online and broadcast this service when the world's going crazy. We can still come and see people come to know Jesus. And that's the tithe. We pay the man of God, and the man of God shouldn't have to live under a microscope thinking that he has to watch everything he buys and spends his money on because the people of God are, are watching him and wondering what he's driving and wondering where he's living. That's not the right attitude to have as a church. The man of God is supported by the church, and there's checks and there's balances in place. We have a board of trustees, and we have an annual business meeting. And if you want to know where your tithe is going, come to the business meeting, and you'll see. But he's accountable to God, and he's accountable to this church, and we support him. And we have a world-class pastor and pastor's wife at Life Church. And I wish that we could support them even more than we do, but, but we want to support them with everything that we can as they lead this church. So your tithe, it goes to keeping this place running. It goes to keeping this place operating. It goes to keeping this place preaching the gospel. We're not here driving Mercedes Benzes and taking private jets to islands. And, and, and I don't, I don't, I know there's some pretty popular Christian speakers out there and I am not going to speak ill of anyone, but I do not believe that that is the, the desire of, 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 of your tithe. It's, it's to go to supporting a man of God who is a biblical leader. A biblical leader who lives with, with humility and who lives in the fear of God and understands that he is serving the church that God has put him in. And so here at Life Church, I will tell you, you do not have to fear about a financial scandal. You do not need to fear about where your money goes. We are blessed. We are blessed. So I just want to make that real practical. That's where your tithe goes. Some people ask, why 10? Why 10? I ask why 10. Couldn't it have been eight? <laughs> what I could do with another 2%. <laughs> sorry, that's just, my, it's just my humanity speaking again. I'm sorry. Why 10? Well, it's not, it's not super clear. Uh, there's, no, there's no real plain scripture that we could go to and say this is why it's 10. But when you're looking for answers in the Word of God, you look for other areas in Scripture where 10 is represented. 10, a tithe meaning 10, is a number that's often associated with testing in the Bible. Think about Pharaoh. He was tested by 10 plagues. Our obedience is tested with 10 commandments. Jacob's heart was tested by God. Wages were changed 10 Days that Daniel was tested lasted for 10 days. The church of Smyrna and Revelation was tested for 10 days. And so in the Bible, we see that 10 is often a number associated with testing. And so perhaps the tithe is a test. Perhaps the tithe is a test on every believer's heart. Bear with me for a minute here. I have a, a slight illustration I want to make uh, for you. I'm just going to get a couple things ready. Um, talk amongst yourselves in the chat. It's 2021. I can't have any volunteers, so I'm sorry. 
I want to read for you a portion of scripture. And to me, this is a scripture that really I find sums up tithing from the beginning. Um, It's found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden, you may eat. What kind of apples do you like? Every tree in the garden I have given you. You didn't plant them. You didn't grow them. I placed you in this garden. And I've allowed you to eat of them. These are for you. They're for you to enjoy. They're for you to steward. Take care of them. Enjoy them. But he said, there's one tree. Thanks to the next verse. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. From the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so for me, from the very beginning of creation, I see the principle of honoring what is God's. Not consuming what belongs to God. Not consuming the thing that God has said not to consume. He said, I have given you all of these things, but this one thing belongs to me. And if you eat of it, you will be cursed. You will be cursed. And I'm sure that scripture wasn't originally given as a, as a, as a teaching point for tithing, but the principle surely is all over it. See, God has given you and I everything that we have. And I think this is sometimes where our challenge with tithing comes in. That really you and I only have what we have because God has allowed us to be stewards over this life that we are part of. He has given each of us talents and abilities to, to, to uh, be able to go out and to, to, to work a job and to have the health to, to, to go out into society and to bring an increase. And he's allowed us to be stewards over 90%. But he said in his word that the tithe, the first tenth, belongs to me. Don't touch it. If you touch it, you're going to rob God. You're going to take what is God's. And, and I think if we're honest, sometimes what we do is I get paid every week on Fridays. Great day. And I've got a phone bill to pay. I don't have any car payments, but I've got that pesky insurance. Um, I've got, what else do I got? I do have, Pastor, don't get upset. I do have a Disney Plus account. (laughs) Um, I've got a water bill, heating bill. 
I've got diapers to buy, formula to buy, those little prepackaged baby food packages to buy. And then every now and then we've been doing pizza night Fridays. It's like date night for married people with kids. <laughs> and so we do pizza night with Fridays. Oh, and I forgot. I haven't even talked about groceries yet. So. That'll be good. So we don't have too many people, so that'll do groceries right there. Ah, I didn't talk about phone bills. Anything else I forgot? Did I, I didn't even say mortgage. I'm not missing that. That's two slices at least. Okay, so that's 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 you know, that's okay. I have to pay them. I mean, I have no choice. Um, okay, so I get paid every week, so let's reset them. Might as well have the musicians come or else I'll be here for forever doing this illustration. All right, next month comes, next week comes, every couple weeks, and, you know, we've got a family trip planned. Hallelujah, lockdown's done. We're going to go to, uh, you know, we're going to drive an hour out of the city and go to a mall. <laughs> buy some new clothes, you know? But again, it's that pesky mortgage. Ah. So tithe, I pastor talked about tithe, but I've got mortgage as well. Ah, what should I do? Pay, you know what? We can catch it next week. That'll cover it, so we'll do that there. All right, well, let's do it again. You know, we get paid every week, so. Oh, furnace broke. One of my cars is actually at home right now, and it needs work, so I'm going to put that up for car repairs. Uh, I got the Netflix as well as Disney Plus as well. I didn't mention that one. <laughs> Disney Plus is a soft sell. Uh, I've been meaning to buy a new suit. So I'm going to buy the suit, and then uh, we'll put this one here. I probably need If I buy that suit, I'm going to need a little bit of this. So let's just cut into that. There we go. And, you know, if we're honest, I mean, that's that's oftentimes, I mean, I've been there before. I'll just be honest. I've been there before. And do we have offering plates? We don't have offering plates. It's okay. It's okay. I'll be okay. We go to give our, we go to give our first fruits, 
And our first fruits look a little bit more like our last fruits, chopped fruits. And, uh, you know, we used to do this thing called pass the offering plate. And we go and we take those and we say, okay, there you go. And that's what we give to God. He's given us every tree in the garden except for the one that he says is mine. You steward it. It all belongs to me, but I'm going to let you have this. And don't touch that one thing or surely you will die. You'll be cursed. I would rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. And, and I don't have much time left. I'm looking at the clock here. Um, but let me, is it okay if I just do a quick illustration with you? Pastor, do you have any money on you? In your wallet? Anybody over 40 have cash? Anything? Mark? I apologize if I'm, I'm going too long here today, but I just, I just I need to illustrate this last point as we wrap up. Just set it on the table there, Mark. And just for the COVID police, I'm just going to... All right, so I've got... Twenty, 20 of Mark's dollars... Can you get that on the camera just so they know it's real? Yeah, there's an exchange rate on that. So I, I just want to illustrate a point here as I, as I wrap up. I got 20 of Mark's dollars. Pastor Steve, would you help me out here? Stay there. I don't get too close to me. I want you to have this as a gift. Yeah, put that in your wallet. Let me let me just ask you, and maybe somebody in the, the live stream can comment here, but what's the what's the problem with this situation? What's the issue? What's the issue with what's just transpired here in this transaction? Any anybody understand? Maybe maybe you're maybe you're slowly getting it, maybe it's kind of kicking in, but does anybody understand the problem here? I just gave something that wasn't mine. And, and, and I'm just going to let this be the final, the final thing before we're done, and I'll, I'll try to make it serious again. You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. So if, if you're tithing, Are you giving? 
if you're a tither and you're, 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 you're consistent in paying, how much do I have to pay, Pastor? It's 10%. I'll give you 10% every week. But if it belongs to somebody else, have I truly started to give? Because giving something that doesn't belong to you is not how it works. But what God is trying to teach his church and what I think the New Testament church understood is that giving begins after the tithe. And so maybe out of that 90% that God's called me to steward, there's somebody today who feels challenged not just to give and return back to God what is his, but to step into a new dimension of giving. And I'll end it with this scripture, and then the team is going to sing, and we have a baptism, and I know this isn't a typical service where you get into an altar and you, you pray for hours on end, but I want you today to understand the principles that God wants you to understand. Second Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 7. Remember this, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Every time you give, you're sowing a seed into God's kingdom. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully, I'm not just going to come with the bare minimum, but this week I'm going to cancel Netflix so that I can give and verse 7 you must each decide in your own heart let each one give as you purpose today I'm not going to stand here today and tell you that you have to give a certain amount the tithe that's God's command but in your heart today Why don't you purpose how much you want to give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I'm just going to ask you, if you will, to pray with me. We're just going to pray today that God would help us with this principle. You know, I've been in that spot where where I've, I've... gotten into a busy season of life and maybe I missed a, a, a tithing check or I've, I've, I've felt like I just I don't have the faith to step out and give sacrificially this week. I, I know what that feels like. And you can get to a place where you beat yourself up and you wonder how you can ever start to give. You wonder how you could ever start to tithe. And you can honestly start to beat yourself up. And I don't want you to feel beat up today, but what you can do is say, God, forgive me for taking what belongs to you. Forgive me for taking what belongs to you. And from today on, I challenge you over the next 30 or 60 days, try tithing to God. Try tithing your increase to God and see what happens. What could this church accomplish in this day and in this hour if we would begin to give sacrificially, if we would begin to even go beyond the tithe and begin to give to the kingdom of God in a way where we could expand his message in this region. So I'm going to just pray with you today. It's a prayer of repentance that God, you would help us.
And maybe today you're here and you are new. And, 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 and I told you today, tithing is not really for you today. But you can have the encounter with Jesus that you are desiring in your heart. You can ask God today, I felt something in your spirit. Maybe as we were singing, maybe as we were worshiping. And I, I, I want to know you. I want to turn my life towards you. You can start today by praying with me and repenting of your sins and allowing God's spirit to lead you and direct you. Pray with me today at home in this room. Jesus, we ask you today to help us on this stream, God. Help us, those who are listening today, and maybe they've never tithed before. Maybe they've never tried tithing their their income to you, and, and they've never really been able to figure out how to do it. God, I pray today and ask you, Forgive us, God, for robbing you. Forgive us, God, of keeping to us the thing that you said don't consume. God, I don't want to be cursed. I don't want my finances to be cursed. I don't want my job to be cursed. I don't want to go through life struggling, wondering if I'm up against the wall because I haven't got my finances and my giving sorted out. And so today, if there's somebody today who's feeling beaten down and feeling like they're not able to do this, God, let your forgiveness wash over them right now. Maybe somebody's here today or watching and they've never been a part of our church before and you felt something uh, touch your heart as the worship took place today or you've been looking and searching for something beyond yourself. Today you can find it in Jesus. I pray, God, that we would have the, 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 the courage today to ask you to forgive us of the sins that we've committed. Your word says that you're faithful to forgive us. You're faithful to wash every sin away from our heart, God. A few moments, God, there's going to be a baptism, and, and maybe you've never been baptized before. You can contact us this week, and we would love to talk to you about baptism, about getting into the name of Jesus in that water and coming up as a new creation. Speak to somebody's heart right now, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want you to be first in everything that I do. I'm going to leave you with this last thought and then the team will come and they'll sing and we'll have our baptism. If you could just throw up one more time, Malachi 3 and 10. Malachi 3 and 10. He says, try me now in this. Try me now in this. He says, test me. I think it's one of the only places in the word of God where, where God challenges you to test him. He says, test me in tithing. If you tithe to me, you can say, God, I'm going to hold you accountable that my life will begin to see the blessing and the increase. And so if you're not a tither, I'll leave you with this. Try him. Test him. This month, this week, try him and see that he is faithful. God bless you. Sing with the team this morning as we prepare to just get into the presence of God one more time. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both. 
and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.